What's up, you guys? We're back again. Another episode of Dynasty Queen. It is your queen, Leah J, in the house. And I'm really beautiful, talented, versatile. Pamela Nicole. What y'all? That's right. Pamela Nicole. Can't forget. You guys, before we get started, this episode of Dynasty Queens is brought to you by our official sponsor, Fashion Nova. Let's get into those fall fashion. Check that 40% off. Make sure you scan the QR code right here at the bottom of the screen and tell them Mia J sent you. Fashion Nova. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, I'm very happy to announce that today we got a really special lady in the building. We have Ms. Camille. Let's give a little round of applause, shall we? Yes. Welcome to Dynasty Queen. So, for everyone about Camille is, Camille, go ahead and give uh, the viewers a little bit of background on yourself and where you came from. Okay, uh, I am a based makeup artist. I help uh, models and photographers prepare for shoots, and I help everyday men and women look and feel like models. So uh, I've been doing this for about mm, 12 years now. Uh, I mentor other makeup artists in the area, and I just have a, a love for the craft. So here I am. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah. So, if you can, so we've got the brief summary of Miss Camille Gord. Why don't we go all the way back um, I actually started makeup on accident. So there was, I worked in corporate claims and they used to do galas every, you know, gala season. And so back then it was just going to the mall, Mac or, you know, some type of Macy's counters or uh, Sephora. But I've always been an introvert. Okay. <laughs> so I just kind of felt out on display just there. And then I didn't communicate really well back then either. I didn't um, know how to say what I liked, what I didn't like. And I just kind of, you know, always went in with this mistrust of whether or not they were going to capture me in my best light or whether they're going to have me out there looking like a, a real strong queen. Um, in any event, I uh, booked an appointment that they just, they couldn't take me um, that season. I don't know whether just everybody had a lot of stuff going on, but they couldn't take me and I was in a frenzy. So I remember like calling my friends up and being like, do you know a makeup artist? Can somebody do my face? Like I need something. And keep in mind, I, um, although at the time I wasn't doing makeup, I am very much a craft mom, an art mom. So... I was doing painting kids' faces. I was the PTO mom everywhere. Some of my friends was like, girl, you walk around painting kids' faces all day long and you can't paint your own face. <laughs> so uh, I, I just decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to try and paint my own face and see what I can do. And it just so happened, uh, I did well. I mean, I went to the gala and I had other people coming to me and being like, we love your makeup. Can you do ours? And all this stuff. And I was super excited about this new craft that I had learned. And then as I would do other people's makeup, they'd come to me and I'd ask other people, I'd be like, okay, how'd she look? And they'd be like, she looks just like a baby Camille. And that was not the look I was going for. And I think that that's a, a mistake that a lot of new makeup artists make is that we, we typically tend to do other people's makeup as we would do our own. Right. And so I figured if I'm going to, you know, 
enhance you know my skills in this, I probably should go to school. Um, so <laughs> I went to school. We learned about different eye shapes, face shapes, skin types. I just fell in love with all of it, and so here I am today. Wow, killing it! That's incredible. <laughs> it's like almost when you stumble into something that becomes. I'm assuming a passion now. It's like, wow, it's probably, you know, aligned with the stars or whatever. So I did have a question for you, Camille. Um, at this point in time, I guess let's get like um, a little breakdown of the timeline. So this happened around what era? And now we're in 2023. Do you consider yourself a master? And if so, why? So it's like a two-part question. Okay, so this happened, I would say, 2011, 2012 era, okay? Um, and that was, and like, for me, what would be around the height of the YouTube era where they had a lot of YouTubers out there. So I'd say 2007, 2016, because when everybody was getting on YouTube to kind of learn and show basic techniques or what they learned out there. Um, when I first started, I started... Um, I guess at the at the encouragement of my mentor, Miss Maya James, she said, "You know what? Why don't you get into weddings?" Right? We she we did a wedding together, and I realized that weddings just weren't my thing. If you notice, it's like the going joke on my page now. I don't post brides. I don't do brides. I just we love weddings. We just don't like brides, okay? Because bridezilla is a real term. With my anxiety <laughs> and, you know, a lot of the attitude in the room, it's just not going to work out. It's never going to be a good thing. Uh, that being said, I do tend to get some brides, and I always wonder how they found me because I didn't advertise to you. Like, <laughs> I don't know, what what are you wanting me to do or whatever, but uh, it hasn't been as much of a horror story as what I thought it was in the beginning. So, yeah, in the beginning, uh, fresh out of school, I think with makeup artists and photographers, they tell you, you want to you wanna get the brides, right? Weddings is where the money is at, right? That's where you want to be. Uh, I'm here to tell you it's not worth it. Um, and that's not. Actually, where I found my passion at was more so fashion show makeup. Um, so that's where I just fell in love. I did one show, just so happened to be at a club. Um, I think it was like Club South Beach in Houston a long time ago. It was this like huge... Um, uh, bikini fashion show type thing and I met the designer and we just clicked right we enjoyed you know working together and so I went on to do you know New York Fashion Week Houston Fashion Week um, they have an African Fashion Week down here that I've been doing for you know several years and then 2020 came and there were no more fashion shows right <laughs> so I had to really switch up and, and change my dynamic as to where I used to work for the designer and with the designer um since there are no more fashion shows what am i going to do now and so um there were a whole host of photographers not to mention other businesses too you know 2020 was like a major career shift for a lot of people that were just trying to adjust and change their brand so in 2020 i got on some facebook groups and linked up with some photographers and we just went to work. So uh, instead of working for designers, I'm now working for photographers. And what was set to be one of the worst years as far as my business and being a makeup artist just so happens to be one of the best years. Because I got to tell you, even though they weren't going nowhere, people were still wanting to get their makeup done. Right? <laughs> even though uh, they weren't going anywhere, they were wanting to learn a new skill. And even though we weren't shopping or out in the stores as much, 
there were still a lot of commercial projects that needed to be done. And there were photographers that were there um, that needed me to fulfill a need. So, um, like I said, 2020 was one of my best years. 2021 was a year that I ended up being able to travel the world and go to Barcelona with my work. Um, and ever since then, you know, we, we've just kind of taken off. So you did mention Barcelona, hun. Uh, tell us about how you got featured in Vogue. <laughs> so I always say this is a funny uh, story. I um, was working with a photographer, Stacy Michelle, and I love her to death to this day. I was a new makeup artist, um, and uh, she had a vision for this look that she wanted to do. Um, and at first, I wasn't so sure that the vision would go. We had a dark skin model, um, and she wanted like brown eye makeup and uh, uh, a green smoky and a red lip. And I thought to myself, and I think I even said to her, um, this is not going to be a good look, right? <laughs> like, I think as artists, we're like strongly like, just staunch in how we want to represent ourselves, right? And so, you know, she did remind me, she paid me to do a job, right? And I, I questioned that work, right, at first, because I was like, I don't know, this goes against all the makeup rules. I'm the expert in this. It doesn't, you know, need to be like this. And so I remember being almost in tears because I didn't really feel like it was representative of my, work, of my work until it all came together, right? When it all came together, the way that she told the story that she was wanting to tell with this, right, um, was beautiful, right? Um, so even though it was her vision and how she wanted things to go, if I hadn't got myself together real quick and realized, whoop, whoop, you know, this is a pay gig, right? <laughs> what the customer asks you to do, you got to do, Um I, I wouldn't have had that opportunity because she didn't say that she was submitting to Vogue, right? She didn't tell me any of this stuff until I want to say a few weeks later when she just let me know. She was like, hey, we made the Vogue, you know, issue and this and that. And I thought, wow, that's impressive. There has been times when, again, in the beginning, I've had clients literally have to get me all the way together because they tell me they wanted this like specific look. And I'd be like, oh, no. That's not a good look, honey. You're going to look real clownish in that. And one lady told me, listen, I paid you to do a job, and I don't appreciate being referred to as a clown. She was like, and you're going to do it. I had to take a minute, step back, right, and, like, literally go to my car. I called my husband at the time, and I was like, listen, this lady wants me to do something that's just completely against, like, my work and this and that. He was like, I hate to tell you this, but... um." She's kind of right. He was like, did she pay you? I was like, yeah. He was like, honestly, if she gave you the money, put that ugly shit on her and go on about your business. Um, and since then, I've had to learn. I think that people know themselves better than the person that just met them, you know, 20, 30 minutes ago. They know what's going to fit their face. They know what their image is. And you're just there to kind of enhance that look and kind of work with them. So I had to really kind of turn off my personal uh you know, prefaces when it came to doing makeup and really uh, get to the crux of this is a true collaboration, right? They're asking me for a reason. Uh, obviously, they enjoy my style, but they still, you know, they're paying customers and they have their input. I will say that was the first time I was published in Vogue. I've been twice published in Vogue by the same photographer and like the blessings just continue to come. So I'm so thankful for that insight and for so, you know, for her kind of just sticking with me and being like, this is what I want. This is what you're going to deliver. Or I'm going to find somebody else. So I, I learned a valuable lesson uh, that first time. 
I think it's so important also, like, I know that, you know, as a professional, as a makeup artist, you are really set in your ways and you're like, look, I don't want to make this lady look like a clown. But I can honestly say as a person who's gotten her makeup done, I really appreciate the makeup artists who meet me in the middle. Like, I may have a vision and may not know how to execute it, you know, to the best of, of my ability. So that's what I'm paying mm-hmm. makeup artists to do. Um, so do you think like after that experience with the vote, were you, was you, were you like more open-minded when it came to when that person's sitting in a chair, like listening or what, how did that, I guess, influence your career up until this point? I'm definitely more open-minded now. As a matter of fact, I think I mentor to a lot of the MUAs that I work with to also be more open-minded as well. I think that, and that comes with general education. When we're taught to do things a certain way, just like I was set in my ways of doing my own makeup and everybody else's makeup the same way, right? When we're taught to do things a certain way, we kind of stick with that trend and it keeps us in this box, right? Um, it also contributes to mass consumerism, right? Like, because there will be people out there or companies out there that market a product, right? That's just a simple blush product or just a simple eye product, right? And so you think you need to buy this eye palette. You think you need to buy this blush palette. You think you need to buy all these different palettes when really a lot of these same thing, a lot of these products do the same thing, right? And so I find that if you're not open enough to say, let me listen and let me take in and let me figure out why I'm doing the thing that I'm doing and be able to apply the principle without being so rigid and sticking there, right? And that, then you can definitely increase your opportunities for profit and just, you know, being more of an open-minded individual, if that makes sense. like that. I like what you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I was wondering, Camille, you know, a lot about, you know, art and makeup and everything has to do with the primary colors and everything. We have such an array of beautiful women, different shades, and just mixing, trying to find that opportunity. Have you ever just taken just the primary colors and created that custom shade for your clients? You can do that. I personally, so I tend to go from a base color, right? Um, I do work with all the primary colors. I always keep them in my kit, but I'd much rather build you up from a shade range, right? So something's close to you and then I'll play with, you know, um, a brightening or a cooling or a warming, you know, dot as opposed to just going in and creating it from scratch because it takes a long time, you know? I know we see those Instagram videos where it's super quick and it's like, oh, you got this custom shade. I'm not that person. I'm going to just, I'm going to get you close and then I'm going to get you to your custom. So um, uh, it definitely makes for a cheaper kit for me. I can imagine somebody who just has the custom color. I mean, just have the the color edition droppers um, in there. But for me, I'm able to carry less foundations in there by adding those, you know, custom drops to it. So, yeah. And then what's the difference? I know a lot of women have, they don't really know what they're doing as far as like their shade or like what fits their complexion the best. Can you just quickly go over the difference between neutrals, warms, and cools when it comes to your skin? Okay. So, 
Okay, so there's I look at everything like as a scale, but as far as a general scale or a general rule of thumb, most people think if you look better in um, golden shades, if you can see green veins and this and that, you're a warm tone color, right? If you look better in silvers and you can see blue veins, right, that you're a cool tone color. And your neutral tone girls are more like the in-betweens where you can't really tell if they're if they're blues or with their greens right they they almost seem like an olive color right that's where you find your neutral tone girls for me i feel like the best thing to do is honestly seek out professional assistance i would always tell them hey get color matched okay if you're not doing this for other people if you're not getting into the color theory of things if you're not literally diving into the color wheel and everything else go ahead and get color matched and understand that your color does change throughout the year now i know with you specifically like i can tell your winter color and i can tell your summer color I'm like, i've seen it so many times. So make sure that um, when you're buying foundations and you say, oh, this might be a little dark for me right now, but it's the right color shade and right color range, that you're not necessarily taking them back um, to the store or throwing them out for fear that you can't use them because you're going you're gonna to use them eventually throughout the year. I say taking it back because a lot of my clients also don't know the makeup that you buy that doesn't necessarily fit, and when I say doesn't fit, I'm not I'm not saying right color tone because remember your tone will change. When I say fit, it's the it's the wrong well not necessarily shade, but you know um, it's it's the wrong tone, right? If it doesn't fit for you at all, you are absolutely welcome to return those things. All of those companies, whether or not it's Sephora or you know. Macy's or Ulta or even CVS, they will take open and used containers as long as you have proof of purchase. And most of the time, right, if you bought it from Ulta or Sephora, right, it's going to show in their system that you bought it from them. So you won't even need the receipt for that. You can return or exchange for a color that so I know a lot of clients, they think, mm, I already opened it or I already used it and that's unsanitary. I can't return it. You absolutely can return it. And they absolutely will take it without a hassle. The only place that I wouldn't recommend you return these to and because they have their own things are the beauty supplies. And honestly, if you're, you're buying beauty supply makeup, you're not really out that much. But Sephora, Mac, all those places, they can get expensive. So don't waste your money. Take it back if it's not the right shade for you. Can you also, since you mentioned beauty supply, can you also mention um, the key differences? I mean, I know, but for those who may not, between, you know, the heightened uh, premium makeup versus over-the-counter drugstore makeup for people who are like, oh, why are some of these name brands so expensive? What are some of the, what are some things that are in some of that uh, drugstore makeup? So there are a lot of, and keep in mind, I don't want to li just limit it to drugstore makeup as as far as makeup overall. There are a lot of parabens in makeup, right? There are a lot of chemicals. Um, and I always warn people because I, I see more and more, especially uh, in our community, our, our beautiful queens are wearing makeup every day. Some of them are wearing makeup to bed, right? That causes a lot of endocrine disorders as well. Uh, and I mean, look this up. <laughs> Any type of um, 
insulin resistance that y'all might be experiencing, any type of hormonal issues, that comes from the chemicals that are in makeup. So I won't just limit it to beauty supply makeup. I'll say it's in a lot of um, makeups worldwide. I will say that more of the higher ends have a higher uh, quality control when it comes to these things, right? Um, we talk about dupes a lot. Uh, the higher ends, yes, you're definitely paying for a brand. Don't get it twisted. We're paying for the name, but you're also paying for quality control in that respect as well. You're also paying for some of those are like gluten-free brands, right? Which is a thing within the makeup community. You know, I've had clients who are gluten sensitive or gluten intolerant and they can't even have it in their makeup, right? So a lot of higher end luxury brands, you're also paying for that peace of mind as well. But yeah, a lot of silicone, a lot of parabens, a lot of chemicals are in the beauty supply makeup. Now don't get me wrong, I, I, you don't find chemicals everywhere, okay? <laughs> uh, I'm still getting it, right? I, I love me a good beauty supply lippy. I just want y'all to know <laughs> what you're getting into and, and, and don't come for me. The beauty supply foundations, they're fun. I just don't feel like any foundation, whether it's beauty supply, luxury, anything, is meant for everyday consumption. Second part of that question that I asked you, the second part. So I saw a documentary not that long ago. It was about the dupe makeup that's made overseas uh, a lot of time in Asia. And they'll sell it like in the street corners in like New York, Chicago, wherever, Miami, you know, where it's a lot of people gathered. How can one who's, you know, just shopping on the street in the city or, you know, in the store, how can you tell the real product from the fake? And I'm sure, just based on what I saw, that if you're actually getting that knockoff makeup, that's even worse than the beauty supply because it's like, you don't know what's in that stuff. But how can, yeah. people, how can we tell, like, the Duke product, like the Duke Fenty or NARS or MAC or whatever it may be? Um, for me, I've always said the good word, uh, word of, you know, thumb is for you to always purchase your name brand products from the store. I'm not buying Gucci purses from anybody off the street. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go to the Gucci store and get it. The same thing where it comes to NARS makeup or Tom Ford or whatever. If you're not purchasing it from a reputable retailer, which is either the actual stores themselves or the stores that have been known to retail these things, Macy's, Sephora, you know, the, the big name brand department stores, then it's not trustworthy. And, and trust me, I get it all the time. It's kind of it's kind of weird to me that, you know, there will be just random people off the streets or the Internet, eBay. I mean, some people go to offer up to get some used makeup. Trust me, unless, you know, it came from the store or you can prove to me that you work at this store, I still don't trust it. Because, again, some of those returns that we were just talking about, right, what do you think that they're doing with those returns? <laughs> they can't sell it, you know. They're not putting it back on the shelves, or at least they're not supposed to be. So that stuff that you got off of OfferUp could likely have been somebody else's stuff. And there's a lot of nasty bacteria that go on with things that have already been previously used. So it's best to just buy it from the retailer itself. And it may sound silly to some viewers, but no, there are some people that actually don't understand that, that concept that the stuff on, you know, oh, I got no, that that's not real. So go to the department exactly. store, go to those, you know, places that sell all the lines. Come on. 
<laughs> exactly. No, and I've got I've heard it before. Well, just look at this. The serial number on this is the same, or the W on this, or the way they spell this is the same. That's too much investigating to be doing for some makeup, right? And you're still wrong. Like, I mean, you might as well just go somewhere else. Like, go to the actual distributor of these makeups. Yeah, I was gonna say you you made a great point as far as you know talking about like bringing up beauty supply makeup versus like drugstore makeup and then you know high end. I know a lot of women unless you have like nails uh, talking about like some kind of allergy to certain this or that, you have to really watch what you're doing. I mean, I don't know about you, I don't really look at the label when I know like I see something I'm like this would fit for what kind of makeup I would like. I don't even look at the brand or the products on the back and see what the ingredients are i'm just like this is a brand of trust it's a new item let me go ahead and just try it um i think it is important now that you mentioned that camille it's important to actually look see what is actually in there you're talking about parabens talking about all these things now i'm just like wow it makes me think of those times i've had something that's broken out or i've gotten a rash and I never really thought anything of it. I just didn't buy it again, not really doing my due diligence and looking at the product ingredients. And a lot of people don't notice that, that they have, they'll have what I know, uh, what I recognize to be mild allergies to certain things. For instance, when you put your lashes on, if your eyelash glue is causing you to water, like you've got a mild allergy, whether it's to the latex or whether it's to something, but your eye is, reacting to it you know it shouldn't water like that unless it's got a contaminant in it you know and so people just kind of get desensitized to it because from the very first time they put on this makeup right they had this issue so they just thought it was a normal thing but i promise you if you're not mildly sensitive to it or allergic to it, you wouldn't be tearing up, you know, or your face wouldn't be slightly tingling right so you didn't break out but you're you're tingling, they don't have something in it to make it tingle, you know, there's a problem there. There's a mild allergy there, you know? Interesting to know, because, you know, it's just, it's like every day, you just go on, like, all just do thing, not really thinking about it, like you're saying. There's eyelash tools I've used in the past that I've only used one time, because I've had that little rash on the top part of my head, and go, what the hell? Yeah. It's an allergy. Yep, it's definitely a mild allergy. And I think that people think that in order for them to be allergic to something, they had to have some sort of severe allergic reaction. And that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. I mean, if you're tearing up, if your nose is running, you know, if you're having a visible reaction, even though it might be a minor annoyance, right? So much so that we don't even think about it. It's still present, right? There's something there that is affecting, you know, the nervous system and that's actually concerning too because what we think of as mild just goes to show you how this is interacting with your body so do you like have any recommendations for those clients that may have an allergic reaction or even if they didn't know let's say they have like a photo shoot or something and then you know the lash flu is just doing its thing what are some like last minute like hacks to make sure their look is finalized so for photo shoots, because I deal with a lot of models, I, I always have like in their model makeup bag, right? I recommend that they use latex-free glue, right? And just keep it in their bag, you know? Um, I recommend that anything that's causing you a major reaction, 
Now, your picture's not worth it, honey. Take it off right away because the longer that's on your face, the worse damage that it does, you know? Um, I recommend that using products that are supposed to be linked together. And the way I say, the reason why I say that is because there's one time I had something called, well, I like to call a MAC attack. And that's, I had MAC makeup on. Um, I used like Pond's remover to uh, remove it, right? This cold cream remover. Both I've used in the past, right? Never together. And they did not go well together. And honey, they left my skin sensitive, red, and just oh, hardened to the touch. Um, if you notice a lot of not just makeups, but shampoos as well. They recommend that you use all the products in their product line. Not because, well, yeah, definitely because they want to make an extra buck as far as getting all your money for all your products, but also because some chemicals in one product may interact with the chemicals in another product and cause major issues, whereas you wouldn't have these issues having used them individually. Um, now, it's not necessarily feasible, and some products are just made better than others. You know, you might like, you know, MAX concealers better, but you don't like their foundation as much, so you want to you know, layer it with a Fenty foundation, and you want to layer it with a Tom. That's not uncommon, right? And I'm not saying don't do that. Like, you got to buy it all in the same family. I'm just saying be aware that if you have a reaction, narrowing down your reaction might not necessarily be you're allergic to either or. It's just together they had this, you know, chemical reaction that didn't really work with your skin. I've never heard of that before, but it makes a lot of sense. And that, that's really, I, want, I mean, it's kind of scary because you just never know. But, I mean, that's exactly. a really good pointer. Never thought of that before. Exactly. We're taking a lot of chances with our skin. You know, beauty, beauty is the, the industry is painful in and of itself. You know, we got a high standard to live up to us ladies. Right. And so, <laughs> I mean, we're beautiful now. Right. I am totally that type of makeup artist who we say that there are two different types of makeup artists. There is the makeup enthusiast and there is the art kid. Right. And so the makeup enthusiast, you know, is the one that, you know, loves to wear makeup and wears it every day. Honey, I am a mess more days than none, right? I'm the one that was the art kid probably, you know, putting together a float in high school or or something, you know. I was not that girl. Um, and I think that when we recognize that there are two different types of makeup artists, it, it definitely changes our approach and our outlook on these types of things. Very true. Very true. With your style, I know you do a lot of the avant-garde and you also do that super classic, crisp glam. What would you say is a little more challenging? Because you're so good artistically. Do you feel like the more avant-garde is more challenging versus the classic? Or I would say for me, the natural looks are the most challenging for me. And, and it's simply because makeup is not natural, right? So bringing back color in your face, but still making sure that it looks natural and still clean beauty looks drive me nuts, right? Because I, I always want to go in with a little bit more, right? I feel like, and a lot, as a lot of people do, makeup is designed to transform people. And I don't want to, if you were going to look natural, you could have just got up and looked natural. <laughs> um, a lot of that stuff, like I said, I do a lot of commercial work, but that stuff never even makes it to my page because... What am what what exactly am I showcasing here? You know, so natural is definitely the hardest one for me. 
I mean, I kind of think that when you get like a natural beat, it's kind of just like just highlighting someone's natural beauty. And I see a lot of like Instagram pages that pop up on my floor and they may say like, oh, a natural beat. And I'm just like, that is nowhere close to natural beat. It's a beautiful look. So now it makes sense talking to a makeup artist where you're coming from because you're looking at it as visionary, like an artist. Like you want to be able to paint and have fun on that canvas. You know, Bob Ross wasn't exactly. just painting stick figures. He was paint, painting portraits. So I get it. <laughs> no, I think I agree with you. I think a lot of the things that are advertised on Instagram as natural beats aren't natural beats at all. I mean, they're less, they don't have eyeshadow or they don't have, you know, as many colors or whatever. But a truly natural beat, which is why I say it's so hard for me, is if I've got a model coming in and do her model comp card, right? And the, you know, the agency just wants to see natural lashes, right? Natural brows, but they don't want you to look, you know, sleepy underneath the eye or whatever. It's a very clean makeup look. That's hard for me because I'm always wanting to go in and like really enhance that and I can't. So yeah, I, I definitely see what you mean when you say, I see this picture and this girl has like these really well-defined brows and she has like foundation that's, he it's still a heavy foundation look. This in no way looks natural to me, but it's not, you know, it's not strong enough for me to define it as neutral. So you just say, it's a beat. It's a, it's a look, okay? <laughs> it's you. It's a look. And, and yeah, I just, I'll, I'll call it the supernatural. That's the package that we have on our page. It's a, it's a supernatural look, but it ain't really that natural. You know, also, really quickly, another thing, I think a lot of different makeup artists have a different mental perspective of what that means. Because, for instance, mm -hmm. them full glam is absolutely breathtaking. But other full glam reminds me of drag makeup. So, I exactly. think, you know how savvy that particular artist is and also their own personal perception. It plays such a huge factor into the overall look. That's why it's so, I just, I, I need to know how to find the correct makeup artist. So Camille, I just need you to tell us really quickly before I pass the hand. If I'm sitting in your chair and I'm like really skeptical because of past experiences, what, what are you going to tell me as a client to make me feel like at ease? Like, okay, she about to have me like popping around here. <laughs> I think uh, before you even get to my chair, it's already a vibe check, right? Like we're we're already talking long before you even get there because I um, am definitely not your average makeup artist. So the like I said, the typical makeup artist comes in full glam, full face, looks pristine. I look homeless ninety percent of the time, right? I'm looking real raggedy when you come to see me. And I want you to know I'm coming comfortable. You're lucky I put a bond, okay? I'm coming comfortable because it's not about me. It's about you, right? I'm also, I, I like to joke that uh, this is a makeup page and that, you know, we're professional. We look all professional, but I cuss a little bit, right? I want them to know that. So don't, don't be surprised when I come up in here and I show up as myself, right? Some people are expecting, you know, this picture-perfect image of what they want to be, right? They're like, oh, the person that, is doing my makeup must look whoo, put together, sharp, beat. This I'm not that person. I'm the person, I'm that good, good girlfriend that you could talk to and tell me all your business and know that it's just it's gonna be a therapy session, but it's gonna stay right here, right? I'm that person.
person um, that's like, you know, the sister that's going to be there to help cheer you on for these big events or whatever. Uh, I'm the one that you really just didn't want to get nothing done, but I'm you're here and so we're going to practice this new look on you type thing. I'm that person and I let people know that ahead of time because, again, coming off into sometimes their space, right? Sometimes they want to get their makeup done in their home or whatever and they are not aligned with how I am, right? So I want to make sure that you pass the vibe check too. Just as well as a lot of these clients are hiring a makeup artist, you're also, you know, you're being interviewed by me as well. And so I might be able to tell you, you might not be the best fit for me for what you're looking for. Um, but I'm going to show you as soon as you book. You've booked. I want you to get to know a little bit about me. There are articles out here about me. There's a whole link tree, you know, over here. I want you to view my work and then also send me pictures of what you want. Because oftentimes those inspo pictures where you may say, oh, I want a, a natural look. I look at that and I do consider it to be a neutral look. So I want to make sure that I'm speaking your language. And if I'm speaking your language, I'm going to need visuals on that. Also, you're going to need visuals from me. You know, you've looked at my work and then you've, you're comparing it to somebody else's work. For instance, I've had people bring me pictures of celebrities um, and having worked with different photographers or even paparazzi, we know that the paparazzi even touches up your photos, right? So this person doesn't necessarily look like what she looks like, right? Um, I can get you close, but makeup is still makeup, you know? It's still going to be looking like makeup. It's not a natural thing. And I don't care uh, how many celebrities have the best dermatologists in the world, and some of them do, um, or the best makeup artists the world makeup is still gonna look like makeup and understand that there's a lot that goes on in the background as far as uh retouching and don't get me wrong we as an MUA I love a good retoucher baby help help fix my face right like tuck in Paul with this double chin over here make sure you know you fix everything but I I definitely want to differentiate between reality and what is fantasy and what we see out there I love that you brought that up too. That made me just think of another point. A lot of what you see online, you see like a lot of airbrush, this and that. And people are just so afraid to talk about texture. People mm. are so afraid to touch on people's skin is not just completely smooth. Everyone has some kind of texture on their skin. And I think a lot of girls, they come to like makeup artists, like make this go away. Yeah. And, at the end of the day, it is, it's just not going to happen. You know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I get it all the time. And I think a lot of time it, it has to do with the reality TV culture, right? Because on reality TV, you're seeing these girls that are sitting down at breakfast or getting in the bed with their boobay, right? And they're talking to their man. Thank you for my... Like, they're talking to their man and they have this full face of makeup. And so it leads to this fantasy of, oh, I can go to sleep in my makeup. I can wake up in my makeup and look gorgeous. But what they don't recognize is that reality TV is not necessarily reality, is that we have this whole camera crew and makeup crew out to the side to make you look fabulous. Um, and they're not putting in the work that you would think is going on, right? Like, we've got our young girls. I've got a daughter myself, 17, that are spending hours in front of the mirror just to get to the school bus in the morning time because of images that they're seeing portrayed 
on TV. And it's just, it's not real life. So it's kind of hard to uncondition that, but that does happen a lot. That is so, so interesting. Like just thinking about that, it's like, there's so many different uh, variations and topics you can talk about. Now, something else I wanted to cover, kind of in the realm of it, when I know Pam's talking about like texture and stuff. I know that we've all seen some of those videos of our sisters in the motherland who I don't know what's going on. If it's a mismatch of foundation, if it's intentional or what's going on. But um, I believe that there is some type of new fashion sense, almost like how they used to have like the geisha with the white face in Japan or whatever. I don't know what's going on. I've seen a lot from our motherland that are coming with, you know, a completely different color foundation. And you can tell the difference with the rest of the body. What can you speak to our sisters about uh, embracing, you know, their skin tone and how makeup can enhance that? And, you know, what are some words of encouragement you can say to make, you know, you can look beautiful in your own, you know, complexion? You know what? That goes back to preference. So remember when we were talking at the beginning of the podcast about customer preference, I've noticed just having worked African Fashion Week and having worked with different cultures that culturally... Africans tend to prefer to have that lighter face, right, than the rest of the body. Western makeup and Eastern makeup and African makeup are completely different, you know, animals. And I, 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 I noticed that not necessarily as bad as with a lot of our darker sisters, uh, especially from the, you know, from our African uh, uh, descent, but even Asians, you know, <laughs> I had a, a model sit down in my chair and she was like you know how to do makeup for people like me (laughs) I was like yeah I mean black people right and she's like no I'm not black I'm brown this is an Indian model right and she was like well you know this concealer right here is the same concealer that I use for light-skinned black women so you know uh yes I know how to do makeup for all face uh shapes sizes colors all that right but I think that um in the end, when it comes to actually getting down and narrowing down their preference, right, we still tend to hold tight to what we prefer. I say that to say with this one particular lady, right, although I had a knowledge of I know she's going to want her foundation paler than what I would typically do in America, right, so I'm going to do this, but what I didn't notice was or didn't catch right away was that I'd done her brows in a way that, you know, I would typically do American girls' brows, right? And so she was like, wow, you know, I love the makeup. You got the foundation. This is a very Western brow. And I was like, I didn't even take that into consideration. She's like, I love it. I'll keep it, right? She was like, but it is a very Western brow because, and then when I think back, okay, doing Asian brows, different shape, slightly darker, right? I did need to be more cognizant and think about it. Now, it worked out well, right? She loved the look or whatever. But when I'm working with other cultures, especially some of our African sisters, I have to accept, right, even though you know, we know that they would be beautiful in their own natural skin tone, if that's the preference that they're paying for and the look that they want to go for, I'm going to give it to you. And I know that 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 thought, that desire – is definitely linked back to, you know, a more colorism point of view. But I guarantee you, 
we couldn't explain it away in the in the hour session that we had, right? And they're still going to want and, and leave upset if we don't give them what they want. It's just those pictures, they're not going to make it to my page, okay? <laughs> like, I like, look, I, I'm glad that you're happy and that you enjoyed the look. I enjoyed, you know, being here, but it's not representative of my work. So they understand that. Mia, I'm glad that you brought that up, you know, saying about, you know, is also Camille talking about different cultural aspects of me. For the longest time, it was hard for you to get that perfect shade. They only had a certain shade that it would go to. And then it's just kind of like, SOL, like, what do you do? And in some aspects, it's like, I would think when I said that Mia's talking about, it, like, oh, maybe they don't have that full colors like we do here in America. You know, we have fancy, all different types of brands that are so inclusive with their color spectrum. You know what I mean? So again, like what we were talking about in the beginning, even if the the selection, the shade range isn't necessarily there, there are color correctors everywhere. And so you are able to darken whatever base that you start off with. And I think that oftentimes, yeah, access to resources might be a part of the problem, but sometimes the problem is just overall preference. They don't want to do that. And that's mentioned, there are other people out there, you know, in these different areas that are probably, you know, just fine using their normal natural skin tone. But just like I view makeup as a transformative type thing, I definitely have seen in a lot of different cultures the same thing, right? They wanted to be natural or they wanted to look like themselves. They want to bring in a makeup artist. They're just bringing it to a different extreme. You know, they want that transformation. And so, I mean, they they paid for a transformation. They're going to get one. That's fair enough. What is the top three, not top five, what would be the top three things that you would tell girls to have handy in their purse and their makeup bag for every day? Uh, and their makeup bag for every day. I am not a makeup person, so I'm a skincare person. Definitely sunscreen, including our melanated sisters. I think that a lot of times that like, we don't think that we need sunscreen. Um, I will tell you, a few years back myself, as on the skincare uh, uh, spectrum, I had like this rash that like would just be at the corners of my mouth and whenever I got out in the sun it would like burn I didn't know what it was so I get to a dermatologist and she's like oh that's eczema and I was like really and she's like yeah she was like evidently it's hereditary somebody in your family has eczema right she was like we'll get you a you know a corticosteroid and you know make sure that you wear your SPF so it doesn't just have to be, oh, we're, you know, we're melanated. We don't need to wear it. Also, signs of aging, of course, come from uh, lack of sunscreen. So ultimately, I would tell every person, every race, wear your sunscreen, right? Um, I'm a good lip gloss girl, you know, uh, lip gloss and go type of girl. I don't think that we need much going on in the realm of lip gloss, Um and if I had to pick another just makeup thing, I think that brows shape the face. And I think that with a quick, you know, brow pencil down off in there, it can completely change your makeup look. It's a no makeup makeup look, if you know what I mean, right? You know, so 
You get, you get good with your sunscreen, you're drinking your water, and you got your brow <laughs> and your lip gloss on, you're good to go. You don't need all that other stuff on your face. I've heard that. I've heard that. Camille, um, can you actually go ahead and plug your socials, um, your social media, you know, your makeup page, anything else you want to share so that they can, um, you know, have that recap and know where to find you? Okay, so my social media is Camille underscore Roark. That's C-A-M-I-L-L-E underscore Roark, R-O-A-R-K, um, on Instagram and on Facebook. And then my website is www, that's C, like you can see, S-E-E, Roark, R-O-A-R-K, dot com. There we have it, you guys. Camille shared so much insight information, stuff that I've never even thought of. I'm sure Candy feels the same just when it comes to the overall scheme of makeup. So, you guys, in closing, thank you so much, Camille, for stopping by. Honesty Queens. In closing, I'm your girl, Lena J. And I am Pamela in the school. Don't forget to like and subscribe, y'all. Hit that notification so y'all can keep up with weekly episodes as well. And until next time. Don't, don't.